You're listening to the Strategy in Small Doses podcast, the show that gives you short, story-based strategy sessions to which you can easily relate and take immediate action. Each episode is aimed to help you reduce the overwhelm, create massive clarity, instill you with the confidence you need to grow your business, and create a clear plan to get you there. So let's dive in with business strategist, mastermind facilitator, productivity expert, and your biz bestie host, Michelle Denio. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Strategy in Small Doses. I'm so excited to have you here listening with me today. I have an amazing guest expert. Today is another guest expert episode, and I cannot wait to dive in. But I want to quickly do an introduction, and then I'm going to pass the mic over to her to share more about herself, how she got started in her business, and all of the fun stuff. But today I have with me Toby Miles, who is a copywriter and owner of Toby Miles Copywriting, where she writes content for her small business and solopreneur clients. Toby listens to not just what her clients say, but how they say it, which is so important, right? To adapt everybody's voice. She takes her time getting to know their business and pain points so she can write comfortably and authentically to their audience. Toby's copy is effective on brand and converts to sales. Toby, thank you so much for being here with me. Please take the mic and tell us a little bit more about you. How did you get started with your business and anything else you want to share with us? Well, thanks for inviting me. I have, I've written since I was very young and never really thought that it was something that I would do for a living. I've done many other things. I was a graphic designer, I was a personal trainer, and then I got into uh, the direct marketing response industry where I worked for a company for 15 years, managing large scale projects, direct mail, email campaigns. And that was really where I started to understand how you kind of get into the mind of your audience to, you know, just kind of like pull at their heartstrings and reach out and grab them and, and pull them in and to persuade them to do what it is that you want them to do. And so at the end of 2019, I decided it was time to strike out on my own. Um, I had a few copywriting clients. I had a jewelry business side hustle at the time, and I was writing for other jewelry designers and I had mm -hmm. enough work on the side that I just decided it was time to take the leap. I needed something different. Um, and yeah, so I left uh, a couple months before the pandemic hit and uh, ironically, it was actually a really good time because a lot of the clients that I was working with, I was working with a lot of jewelry designers, a lot of their in-person shows were canceled and they were having to move their businesses online, which meant that they needed a lot more content. So they have kept me very, very busy. Um, and I write in other industries too, but that was kind of like my, you know, dipping my toe into copywriting. That's awesome. I had no idea that you had just started um, pre-pandemic, but like, you know, I've, I've heard this story so many times. It's like, what an amazing opportunity, really, in a lot of ways it, it presented for so many people because they would not have ever been in the online space, known what to do. So that's amazing. All right, let's dive in and just talk really quick actionable tips. So from your experience in all of the industries that you've worked in, what is like one, number one, if you could give any tips that you talk to about all the time, what is that number one tip that you give to business owners, solopreneurs, um, when it comes to copywriting or bringing clients into their business sales? Like what's your number one business tip for them? 
I would have to say, and I'm not, I didn't dream this up myself. Everybody will say the same thing. You have to know who your client is and know what their problems are, know what their pain points are before you can even begin to figure out how to speak to them. And there's a lot of different ways that you can speak to them once you know who that person is. But I have had people come to me that have not done the foundational work of figuring out who their dream client is, ideal client, dream client, avatar, you know, the terms are Mm -hmm. interchangeable. But number one, before you hire anyone else to help you in your business, I would say, make sure that you've done the foundational work and know who that person is. Okay. And then you also mentioned to me about using storytelling. Once you've identified that person, um, you talk a lot about storytelling. Can you dive a little bit deeper into that? Because I always find that to be so difficult. Like, what's your story? Tell a story. What do you mean? Like, what story am I telling? I don't really know. Like client A started here, client B, you know, they ended here. So how do you, for people that are not writers, for those of us that really struggle with that, how do you get into that storytelling mode? It's, it can be difficult for a lot of people because it usually means sharing something personal. And a lot of people are not comfortable with that or they are not sure where it fits in the whole big scheme of things. Like not everything you put out there should be something like super personal, but if it's relevant to how you solved a problem or how you will solve a problem, or if it's relevant to your knowing your ideal client struggles with the same things, it helps to kind of build that trust factor between you and your ideal client, which people want to do business with people. Every, you know, we talk about the know, like, and trust. People want to do business with other people that they know, like, and trust. And by being real and sharing stories about your own journey, you build those connections with other people who, who they say, yeah, that's totally me. I get that. Yeah, it's, I mean, most of the time they tell you that your ideal client is you two years ago or three years ago, right? Like a previous yeah. version of you. So it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to go back to that and remember like, oh yeah, I was there. I've been there and I understand. Um, but like for a product-based business from a jewelry designer, you work with jewelry designers. How do you incorporate storytelling into their business? So what you want to do, because especially for jewelry designers that are selling online where you see their beautiful jewelry, but you can't pick it up. You can't try it on. You can't touch it. You can't see the weight of it. You want to write to to your clients. And I think this applies to other product-based businesses too, and kind of set a scenario where they can imagine themselves wearing your jewelry or using your products. So one of the examples that I use with my clients is Um, imagine you're shopping for candles and you go into the candle store and you come across this uh, apple spice scented candle and all of a sudden you remember walking into your grandmother's house and she's got the apple pie in the oven and you know that it's going to come out and it's going to have you know she's going to put vanilla ice cream on it and so you kind of build this whole scenario to really put that person into that setting where they can actually feel like they they smell the candle or the same thing with the jewelry. How is it going to make them feel? Where right. are they going to be wearing the jewelry in a sundress, on the beach, flip-flops, in a little black dress at a cocktail party? So all of these kind of imagery type things can be woven in. Right. Like being able to help. That makes I, I think that's helpful, especially with a quick 
action is to be able to, if you really struggle with storytelling to just create more of that experience. So it doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. have to be a story that's so personal or deep rooted, or maybe you've right. never, but something that you, that you know, your clients can relate to, right? We've all walked into grandma's house and smelled something mm -hmm. that smells delicious. We can relate to that. We understand what it feels like to get dressed up. Or even if you're in a service-based business, like you do copywriting, we've all been stuck. We have had writer's block. We get it. Like you have all these great ideas in the middle of the night and then you go to write them and then what? <laughs> you know? They evaporate from your brain. Exactly. It's like, where did that go? I know I had this perfectly yeah. written post in my brain while I was sleeping and now I can't find it. But I like that. It's more about creating the experience. I think so many, we get too wrapped up in the, how can I relate this to my own personal life? And it's not necessarily a personal story but an experience mm -hmm. that your audience can relate to yes yes correct awesome that's that's really helpful hopefully that's helpful to the audience as well listening all right if you were to give um one immediate action that you the people listening to this episode right now could take that would help them in their content to help them create visibility around their brand to help them attract that dream client what would that be what action can they take right now when they get done listening with this episode? Well, one of the things I do a lot with my clients is I have them start a word bank, which I love because it helps them to kind of narrow down, you know, all of the words that they could possibly use to words that are really going to resonate with their clients. They're words that their clients would use. If, you know, depending on the age group and what your clients do, they might be younger and use more slang terminology, or they might be a little bit more formal. I mean, these things are important to how you show up in your business with your content. So if you're not writing to a, you know, a, I don't want to say like 60 and over audience who might be a stickler for grammar, you know, that's going to make a difference. So mm. I like to have my clients start a word bank. It helps me, but even if they're not hiring me or another copywriter, it also helps them to kind of refer back to like, these are words that I can use that are going to not only resonate with my, my clients, but also be consistent within my brand. They're the same words and phrases that I use over and over again, so that I show up consistently and my clients and prospects know exactly who I am as a business owner. I love that tip. I've never, I've actually never heard another copywriter say or tell, talk about like having that word bank. Where would you find some of these words? If you're saying like, you know, okay, my ideal client is a female 35 solopreneur freelancer. What is a good way? Or do you have a way to help your clients find those words? Or are they just words that they use internally? Is it words that they hear on calls? Is it, is there a way to kind of start that word bank? Yeah, it's a combination of all of the things that you just mentioned. So you have to stalk your people and not in like a creepy kind of way, but <laughs> where are they hanging out um, on social media? What types of language are they using? What times, types of brands are they following and what kinds of words are they using? Um, and then in your interactions with your actual clients, like how do they say things? What phrases do they use? And then the other part is your own vocabulary. Like what are things that you would say? And, and the idea of the word bank, I know that I didn't, I know that it, it was not necessarily original idea, but I started using it with my clients because I'm trying to write as if I were them. And mm -hmm. so 
I'm not trying to sound like me, I'm trying to sound like them. And so through, you know, a process of getting to know each other, I might write an email for a client and they might say, well, I like this, but this, I wouldn't really say something like that. That's not a word that I will use. Well, that's important to know, like a word I would use might not be a word that one of my clients would use. So we just start the word bank and it's words that they prefer over other words, words that they would never use. Um, and then I kind of try to expand on some of those as well with like regular writing tools like a thesaurus and there's some other books that have a, a book called Words That Sell. And so those are places too where you can kind of, you know, if you use this word, you might also use these oh, words. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think I always tell my clients too, and you probably, this probably is relevant is like, it's okay to really, it's sometimes it's easier to identify all the things you would never do, right? The clients yeah. you never want to work with, the words you would never want to use. Um, I know for me, like hustle is that one word, like, I hate the word hustle. Don't use it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's like that immediate, the first word is like, don't ever use it in my content because I hate mm -hmm. it. You know, I mm -hmm. don't want to be known as that. So that's, that's a great actionable tip. Definitely keep a running list. Just grab a Google doc, your notes in your phone, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and just start keeping that word bank. I love that. And, you know, if you have that word bank, when you see a post, you'd be like, wow, that's my ideal client speaking. You can easily then just add it to your word right. bank. And right. yeah, I love, love, love that tip. Okay, awesome. This has been so helpful, but let's talk about, you have a pretty amazing freebie um, called From Blocked to Blogging. And I want to make sure that my audience has access to that and can get that freebie. So tell them just a little bit more about that. I will make sure it's linked in the show notes, but okay. um can you just tell them a little bit more? Cause I, you were explaining it to me and I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a simple five-step system to get you out of your head, not knowing what to write about to actually starting to blog and write. Or if you already know, you're not going to be the one writing, it will get you to the point where you can hand over the whole system to a team member or to a copywriter that you hire. So the first step is choosing your buckets or your categories and depending on your business, you choose things that are going to resonate with your dream client. So it could be interviews, case studies, listicles, behind the scenes, how to do something. Any of those would might be categories. And there's no wrong, right or wrong. It's just, just some overarching ideas. And then the next step number two is to fill those buckets. So within each of those categories, you just brainstorm topics that might fit within those. And I always tell people brainstorming is literally just do not edit yourself. Just let it out. Whatever in your head, whether it fits or not, just get it down on paper or get it in a Google Doc, however you prefer to do those sorts of things and, and fit those into those categories. So, um, and then the third is to put everything into your planner. So I, I have a system where I can plan an entire year's worth of blog posts and I can lay it all out. Now, full disclosure, rarely does it ever happen like that. Yeah. <laughs> Things move around or I just don't feel motivated or something else comes into play, but getting everything into your planner so that you're never sit, sitting there wondering, what am I gonna write about this week? Or what am I gonna write about this month? So get it all into your planner. And at that point, if you're not gonna do the writing yourself, you can take what you've done and hand it over to your copywriter and they know exactly what your deadlines are for each thing that you're gonna write about. Uh, they'll never leave you hanging because they already have had time to kind of look ahead and see what's coming up, maybe do some research for you. Once the blog post is written, 
then you I say share the love. And now you take that blog post and you can share it throughout all your social media. You can break it up into little snippets, share one little tip each day. Um, you can repurpose it into graphics for social media. You can send it to your email. Um, you can do like a micro blog where you just take a little segment of it and you also use that in social media. And I wrote a, I wrote a blog post on how to turn one blog post into 42 pieces of social media content. Wow, that's <laughs> because, awesome. Because if it's evergreen, you can revisit it again, you know, six months or a year down the road. Right, right. Working smarter, not harder. You don't always exactly. have to create new, you know. No, you don't. It doesn't have to be new because your audience is constantly changing. And so something you said six months ago, your new audience probably hasn't seen. So right. share it again, right? right. Yeah, yep. I love it. Yep. Awesome. I will make sure that they have access to that. It'll be in the show notes for sure. And then how can they find you if they want to connect with you? What's the best way to connect with you? I am on LinkedIn at Toby Miles. I'm on Instagram at uh, Toby Miles underscore copywriting. And my website is tobymilescopywriting.com. Okay. And face, awesome. Facebook too, Toby Miles Copywriting. So it's pretty much yeah. my name. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And you also have a Facebook group too, right? Called from Blocks I do. Yes. Awesome. Yes. And, okay. and it's pretty much for anybody that just wants some inspiration. Um, the the group is going to be changing a little bit and that I'm hoping to do a monthly live either co-working session or have oh. an expert come in and present something related to copywriting. So definitely awesome. come and join the group. Awesome. And I'll make sure all those links are in the show notes. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? I'm so, I think this was amazing. You've got your quick actionable tips. Go get your word bank started. Yes. Don't be afraid to use that storytelling. And if you have any other questions, get in touch with Toby, but is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? Yeah, I would just say, you know, because a lot of people just feel like they're stuck, just, just get that first draft down on paper. Don't worry about it. Don't edit it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Get it down on paper, step away for 24 hours, then come back to it and start working your, your, refined draft and then even another draft if you want that just that sometimes getting started part and getting it out of your brain and and somewhere in writing is like the biggest block and then after that it usually goes pretty more smoothly awesome i i completely agree i feel the same way when it comes to people with new ideas it's like well at least get it out of your head just get it out of your head so we can at least take action on it. So yes, good, good. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to be here with me today and I will make sure you guys have access to all of her amazing goodies and you can connect with her easily in the show notes. So until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast was designed to help you. If you have a specific topic or struggle you would like Michelle to cover, please feel free to send them her way. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others, post about it, and tag Michelle on social media, or leave a rating and review. For even more strategy tips and tricks, subscribe to her bi-monthly newsletter as she sends out exclusive bonus episodes to her email list only. Thanks again, and see you next time on the Strategy in Small Doses podcast.